Welcome back to the Hair of the Dog podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Bagley. And today we are talking with a Hair of the Dog Academy student about her journey from starting her business in the fall of 2020 to a $20,000 month just last month in August. And she's doing this with a very unorthodox way about running her business. But that, I believe, is the beauty in having a pet photography business or a photography business in general. There are no rules. We can set up our business for however we want it to run in a way that suits our life and our lifestyle and our goals. And there really is no right or wrong answer. Yeah, of course, there are some best practices, but you can take just about any way that you want to run your business and make it work for you. And Marie is doing just that. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. If you're a pet photographer ready to make more money and start living a life by your design, you've come to the right place. And now, your host, pet photographer, travel addict, chocolate martini connoisseur, Nicole Begley. Hey, everybody. It's Nicole from the Hair of the Dog Academy. Welcome back to the Hair of the Dog podcast. Super excited for my conversation today. It is one of our students from the Hair of the Dog Academy who had a very, very exciting August. We'll get to those details in a second. But Marie Wolfram from Marie, oh my gosh, I said, I'm like, I'm going to not mess up your name. I get tongue tied. Marie <laughs> Wolfram from Marie Wolfram Photography. Wolfram. Wolfram. Anyway, Marie, <laughs> welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <sighs> thank you. Thank you. Of course. Um, yeah, I saw your big announcement in the Hair of the Dog Academy community, and I was just like, oh my gosh, so excited. We need to get you on the podcast. Um, but before we even get to that big announcement, so we're going to like, we're going to tease it here, guys. You got to stick around. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how long you've been a photographer, what got you into pet photography. And, um, and all that stuff. How long have you been doing this? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a very normal, you know, backstory of I've had a camera for ever since I was a teenager messing around doing a lot of hobby stuff until I got into about my 20s. That's when I started kind of branching out and trying to figure out where I fit in in the photography space. And like a lot of people, I tried everything. So I did portraits, families, I even dabbled in newborns and weddings, which did not take long for me to figure out that I did not want to do those. <laughs> like hard, no, fast, next. <laughs> Definitely. But funny enough, the only things that I didn't touch during that time was real estate and pets. <laughs> okay. Um, it just, it never even occurred to me, but I have a long history in working in vet med as an assistant and... I just kind of did photography on the side. I'd never really even took money for it. Um, there was a couple of people here and there that were like friends of friends. And I was like, okay, I'll take like a hundred bucks and just give you all the digitals. Right, right. Um, it was very much a hobby until really COVID, but I'm going to, I'm going to actually start um, the fall prior to COVID Okay, in 2019. That's when I kind of had the thought of doing pet photography. And the funny thing is, I can't even tell you what sparked that. I don't yeah. remember if somebody suggested it to me or if I happened to just see something about the Hair of the Dog Academy itself. But something gave me that push and I started kind of dabbling in that. 
I had a friend that worked in rescue and she said, hey, come on out and let's get some photos. And then working in vet med, I offered to do some photos for a couple of my coworkers. And that was kind of where I initially started. The big turning point was when one of my coworkers actually had shown the photos from their session to another coworker, and I happened to be standing nearby. And that other coworker that was looking at the photos, she just started crying. Just thinking, uh-huh. Yeah, she was just and it wasn't about, even her dog and she was crying. Exactly. And that was it. She just started telling me about the, her dog that she had lost like a year ago prior or so. And it was in that exact moment that I was like, okay, I've got something here. I hadn't uh-huh. quite figured it out, but it was it was definitely really sparking. And that's that's kind of where I turned and started thinking that maybe I should stop just doing this as a hobby. And maybe actually pursue something. Yeah, um, were were you doing your other genres of photography for like as a business prior to this, or was it no, all just a hobby? Okay, yeah, purely a hobby. Yeah. And then 2020 happened, right? Right. <laughs> and because it was still such a new and fresh idea to me, even the thought of trying to do a business, I honestly kind of ran away from it. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't touch it at all for probably at least six months. Okay. And funny enough, I completely detoured during that time. And I started doing like, I considered being an Instagram coach and all these like different online kind of things, which funny enough, that time period helped kind of build my business because I learned so much in like marketing and social media and things like that, that it actually really helped me when I came back around and said, I need to get back on the pet photography thing. Yeah. So I'd say I've officially been doing pet photography since like the fall of 2020 and officially started my business in May of 2021. Okay. All right. So that is not that long ago, which is pretty incredible that you've managed to um, build such an incredible, awesome business. So the the teaser that we were um, alluding to before was Marie recently posted in our um, wins group inside of our Academy members section of our community that you had a $20,000 August. And that is incredible. I'm so excited (laughs) and would love to just dive into that a little bit more. Was this... Is this by far like your biggest month or were there some other months that you were like, oh, we're starting to get close or kind of what was that, that trajectory of, um, you know, monthly income, not specific numbers, but, um, from when you started, was it like a slow burn or of their fits and starts or, you know, yeah. Where did this come from? Yeah. So funny enough, um, my year to date for 2022 is just over 50k. Okay. So if you're taking into account August, like that's almost 50% of my income for the year. So it's there was definitely no ramp up. Right. At right. All. Um <laughs> it kind of just happened out of nowhere. I think I haven't even I might have crossed a 10k month once, but it would okay. have only been barely. So this is completely new territory for me. But it was also a crazy month as far as how busy I was. I'm not. Yeah. I typically try to stay at or below eight sessions a month. And I think okay. for for last month, for August, I did around 14. Okay. Um, there was a what? lot of 
end of life sessions that started happening. I don't know if you or your listeners might be aware of the Tilly project, but oh, they just I've not heard big, of this. Yeah, it's basically around um, end of life sessions. The gal that started it, she ended up doing a like CBS special. So it got super popular all of a sudden. So then the requests for sessions started coming in really quickly. Right. So I had a lot of last minute sessions that just kind of hit all at once. And I am absolutely a people pleaser and I have a really hard time saying no. Um, <laughs> I understand. Point, yeah. At one point I even asked my husband, I was like, can you tell me no so that I can tell other people no? Cause I'm exhausted. <laughs> yes. I think that's one of the hardest things as we're building our business is that, you know, we're like, okay, we need clients, we need clients. And then the clients start coming. And then all of a sudden you're like, moving things around and squeezing them in all these little spots in your calendar. You're like, yeah, yeah, I've got time for that. Meanwhile, you don't, and you definitely don't have time for the editing and all the other processes that go along with it. And you're shooting yourself in the foot. So what I did that actually helped, I still found myself during certain times squeezing in too much because it's really hard, right? You know, you're going from a business, like you said, that you had like almost half your year's income in one month. So you're like, oh, you know, yeah, you know, especially once you know your session average is fifteen hundred, two thousand, or more dollars. You're like, oh yeah, I could use that much more extra money. Yeah, I'll squeeze you in for that. But then all of a sudden, you've made yourself insane. So I actually used to put on my calendar whether I had it booked or not. Like I would mark down like my my happy place was six sessions a month. So I would leave room on my calendar for six sessions a month, like session one, session two, session three, through session six. And as they booked, I would move that a client's name into it. So then I knew it was like, no, once those slots are gone, even if we move them around, like I just randomly put it on a Tuesday, but we're shooting on a Thursday, like the spots are gone. Um, it became a little bit easier, a <laughs> little bit to stick to my guns of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually full. But uh, yeah, that's a challenging. <laughs> it is because I actually do exactly the same. That's how I, I can plan out my year in advance. But yeah. yeah, when you get those last minute sessions or I also had a lot of um, reschedules, oddly mm -hmm. enough, in Washington because of heat. I'm not oh, used to rescheduling yeah. for heat, <laughs> but I had a few of those too. So with the last minute sessions and the reschedules, plus the sessions that I already had scheduled, it was a very packed month. Gotcha. Gotcha. So how are people starting to find you, you know, whether they're reschedules or, you know, newer clients or end of life? What was kind of the catalyst that helped all these people find you this year? Do you think? It's mostly Google and Instagram. Okay. For the end of life, it's been through that Tilly project. Um, but funny enough, most of my sessions for this year, I was actually testing something new. So last year, what I realized when I was going through like kind of like the end of year looking through yep. how the year went i realized that my biggest sales actually came from sessions that i just offered to people so people that didn't even come to ah. me people that didn't even pay a session fee but they ended up being my biggest spenders Interesting. so i decided to really test that one for this year yeah. and there was a couple of events that i had participated in as a vendor and did giveaways for. And then, of course, for those giveaways, there wasn't just one winner. Right, right. <laughs> I ended up booking my calendar from, I think, two or three events that I just started giving away to a bunch of the people that entered that I thought would be good fits. And yep. so far, it seems like I've been pretty good at, at selecting those that are good fits. I've only had, I think, two people that just took the, the giveaway winnings, wow. but everybody else has been upgraded. 
That's fantastic. How are you qualifying them or what are you kind of saying to them? Because I, I feel like those are really good odds. So are you doing any sort of qualification process? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I do. I have a question on there regarding um, how they'd like to enjoy their images. Yep. If they win. Um, one of one option, of course, being I just want the winnings. Yep. And then I have another question on there of why should your pet win? So the people that just say, oh, because he's really cute. Usually I don't give it to them. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> um, nice. And a lot of them I'm talking to as they're entering too. So there's a bit of that back and forth. So I can kind of get to know them even right then and there. Oftentimes they'll ask me about pricing and I'll give them a really wide range because it is a right. wide range. Yeah. Um, and I can usually tell at that point if they're like, ooh, or, oh, that's, that's all right. Yeah, right. Oh, that's fantastic. So it's a combination, I think, of you being at the events and getting to talk to them in person. Mm-hmm. So you kind of feel out how they feel about this pet photography thing and throw out some prices and see the reactions. That's huge. Um, and I do love those qualifying questions. I've always done that on any sort of forums with like, how do you plan to enjoy your your artwork? And um, yeah, <laughs> that tells you a lot sometimes, just that one single question. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, that's super exciting. So you go to the events, they enter, you scope them out, you offer them um, a, a session. Are you doing that via calling them on the phone? Are you sending an email? What's that process? No, nope, like? it's all online. I don't, I actually don't do phone calls in my business. I okay. myself am autistic and my son is autistic. So it, combination of the two doesn't really account for a great time to right. set up for calls and stuff. Funny enough, for, for this call, I'm actually over at my mom's house using her office. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't do phone calls in my business. It's all through email and text yep. um, for these competitions. Mostly it's automated. I use Dubsado and I try to automate as much of my business as possible, honestly. Yeah. Um, so it's all automated. I just... When they enter, it starts one workflow. If I choose them as a winner, I start another one and it just kind of goes from there. There is a deposit that I ask of people. And so far, nobody's really had an issue with that. Perfect. Um, is the deposit something like, a, you know, to save room on my calendar? Are they able to get a refund of that deposit after the session? Or is it and then it goes to products if they yeah, prefer? Yeah, it's yeah. just a $50 deposit um, that they can I either refund it if they just want the winnings or apply it to the their order, which most yeah, of the perfect. time it's not. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And then tell us about your just general overview of kind of your pricing or your products. Are you a product-based photographer? Or are you doing prints, files? Kind of what what are yeah. you offering people? So I mostly do products. I do have a couple of people that will do just digitals, but they are priced so that I don't mind if they do. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and I generally focus on albums and wall art, though I have noticed that lately at least... People will build a collection out of my smaller, um, more affordable items, which is okay to me because even then it's usually getting at least over that thousand dollar mark. So I don't really mind. Yeah. And they're smaller products. So ultimately it's a lower cost of goods for me. Right. Right. Yeah. I tend to look at my products too. And those smaller ones, you know, try to mark up sometimes a little bit more. So they're uh, a smaller cost of goods sold than 25%. So maybe mm-hmm. they're 20% or 15 or even 10% if possible. So that way, those smaller things can be a little bit more profitable. Yeah. And the big stuff. And they're easier yeah. to sell too. Right. Right. They're yeah, not so scary absolutely. looking. <laughs> right. Right. 
Like, ah, here's your 40 by 60 canvas for your wall. What? (laughs) (laughs) So you do your session. How are you selling? Are you doing galleries? Are you doing in person or live like Zoom? What does that look like? I do in person other home. Okay. Um, So that's also part of why I get so busy is I'm trying to do, you know, session and then in person. Um, But I really don't mind. I like having that in-person connection. I've even had people say that that by itself has been a great experience and they don't think that it would be as good otherwise. And I even at one recently, I showed them, I pre-designed albums and then I handed them an album at their appointment and they straight looked at me and they were like, we weren't going to get one of these, but now that I'm holding it, we have to have one of these. That's fantastic. So it was other other dogs in the album sample you showed, but you pre-designed one in a software? Yep. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. And yeah, they once they themselves. see it, yeah. Sometimes people won't even change the layout. They'll just be like, print that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So, are you doing all your editing for all your images prior to your sales session? Not full editing. I just do okay. basic color, um, color, white balance. I throw on my preset that I've created myself. Yeah. So it still looks on brand for me. But yeah, leashes and things, distractions, all those things are still there. Um, okay. Special effects. Sometimes I do extra um, like dramatic lighting and things like that. That's not done until post. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My, me too. I know some people love to do it all prior and no right or wrong. I think the lesson from this podcast is actually going to be you can build your business exactly what works for you. Because, you know, you'll hear a lot of photography coaches of somebody who's like, Oh, yeah, no, I don't really talk to my clients before the session. They'd be like, What? You have to do phone calls, you have to do in person consultations. Um, but really, there's not anything we have to do in our business. Uh, there are definitely best practices, right? Oh, yeah. um, but I think especially now in today's day and age and the ability to to have some video or able to connect with people um, prior to, I mean, you're connecting with a lot of these clients in person prior. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're cold people coming from the internet all the time that are then not having intera- any interaction with you. Like it's it's easier to then do that automated interaction since you've already had some in-person mm-hmm. interaction. Yeah. And they've already seen everything too at uh-huh. the event. So they're seeing yeah. even just the products themselves multiple times. Yeah. All right. I love that. I do love that you do in-person sales too. I am a huge believer. I feel like the inquiry booking process can take a lot of different forms. I am a huge, huge believer in that, you know, some sort of live sales of helping your clients through that process not only benefits them, but also benefits you, just benefits everybody. They get better products that they're going to love even more. They're not overwhelmed and usually end up selling more, making more money. Uh, So it's truly a win-win because I've had many clients tell me numerous times that the sales session was their favorite part. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of mine too. It's so fun to be able to finally show them their images and see their reactions and help them design something beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. All right. That's fantastic. So uh, what's your <laughs> what's your September? Do you still have some leftover sales sessions from, from those August sessions? I don't, or? thankfully. It's just okay. everything's moving forward along. Um, yeah, you can take a breath now. <laughs> I can, but things are slowing down a bit, which is great. Um, which 
saying out loud sounds funny, you know, saying slowing down is great, but especially after August, it definitely is. And it's, it's crazy to me too. And I'm going to be a little vulnerable here for a minute, but so the last day of August, right after that final sales session, and I hit that 20 K that's when I posted that win. Yep. The very next day I actually ended up on my kitchen floor crying because it was such an overwhelming month Uh and it was just kind of a, almost a slap in the face of, I wanted to be super successful. I wanted to make all this money, blah, 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 blah. But the money's not everything. Like Mm -hmm. I, I barely saw my husband or my son last month and I was constantly busy, constantly stressed, trying to stay on top of editing, ordering, making sure I didn't forget, you know, to talk to people, things like that. And it was just so overwhelming. And yeah, it's funny to say that I honestly, unless it was in a different circumstance, I would not want to repeat that, honestly. Yeah, Yeah. no, this is great. This is great. Because yeah, it's it's a balance, right? And we mm-hmm. we need to be really careful of how how much, you know, we always have these big business goals, right? And then we're like, "Oh, but at what expense?" So, there is there is a the word I'm looking for. I don't know. I think there are ways that you can have both. But my question for you is, did you make any sort of connection in your brain of, "Oh, wait, having a busier, more successful, more profitable photography business means that I'm going to miss out on my family. Like after that, are you? Yeah. Like, but now looking back on it, do you, did you make that connection or do you have another way that you can possibly look at it? Um, I'm definitely trying to reframe it because it's all still so fresh. Um, it's, it's still something I'm rolling around up there trying to figure out. Um, but it's definitely something that my husband and I both have been, it's on the the plan for when we're reviewing the year of trying right. to figure out figure out that balance for both yeah, of us. Absolutely. He's exhausted too. <laughs> right, right. Right. So yeah, while it's fresh in your head, I would actually look back on it and, and ask yourself a question of how can I have that much revenue but work less? Mm-hmm. So is that can I tweak my pricing to get um, you know a higher per client average? can I outsource some of the editing? What pieces of that client experience like were just too much that, you know, had so much time needed for me? Like how can I automate some other things or delegate, hire out or spread some things out? Um, you know, or if, when I get these inquiries in, how can I space things out a little bit better? So I think there's definitely some different ways you can start to look at, you know, the success that you had, but start to mold that success into a way that also allows you to, you know, do the important things in your life too. Like absolutely with your family. <laughs> On that note, funny enough, um, I'm actually currently working with um Alex Kearns uh-huh. um, yep. for business coaching. We're working through that. I have started using a photo editor more. Um, okay. So, I mean, I'm already kind of putting these things into practice and, and have been for the last month or so. Um, and That's definitely, awesome. I'm looking forward to finishing working with Alex to see kind of where things end up. Yep. And then I've already told my editor, I'm going to be using her a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's one of those things that like the first time you use, you're like, oh God, I, oh, oh. And then like, it comes back, you're like, oh, 
okay, why was I just, uh, you know, trying to avoid that for so long or feeling like it was going to be terrible. And oh my gosh, it's one of those things that once you start doing that, you're just like, oh, no, I'm never going to edit a photo again, unless you really want to. I still find like if there's certain images, I'm like, oh, I want to do these ones or I want to do this one, you know, because for whatever reason, I really love that image. Mm-hmm. Then, um, yeah, but being able to have that, that ability to when you are pressed for time, you can send it out and then making sure, of course, you're priced appropriately. so that, you know, paying someone to edit mm-hmm. is able to be paid for out of the profit from your sales yeah. without, without digging into your actual profit in your pocket too, too much. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I love it. So have you thinking moving forward here, um, any other lessons that you learned or, changes that you're going to implement in your business to, you know, help kind of spread things out or make things able to to still have that level of success without that level of stress? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there's gonna be. Um, I'm, I'm lowering the number of intentionally booked sessions per month, mm-hmm. moving forward, like I really, I'd prefer to stay around the, the four to five mark per month. Yeah which would then give me that extra time of if somebody re- reached out mm-hmm. for a last minute session, it's not mm-hmm. like I'm squeezing them in. It's yeah, let's make it, let's make it happen. Right. And it gives you oh. extra room for reschedules for weather and that kind of exactly. stuff too. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Especially um, cause funny enough, I don't work after the time change. Yeah. Um, so for, you know, that like six months or so, I don't really do very many sessions if any. Um, so a lot of it is during like the spring and the, the summer. Right. So, and that's part of it too, is trying to maximize that time so that it's good for the entire year versus having a whole year. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I hear you. Do you do still do some like admin stuff on the, in the winter? Do you spend that, that winter time kind of relooking at your systems and, oh, yeah. and working on yeah all that back end oh, stuff? Absolutely. That's yeah. Like I love the photography and everything, but I, I also really love the business side of things yep. and I get like, I'm, I'm super geeky about things like that. So I'm always looking at like my numbers, my stats. I always want to re- refresh everything. So when I get time to just, I don't have to worry so much about the clients uh-huh. and the, the outward face and stuff. And I can just be inward and just do my own thing. I, oh my I love it. Yeah, me too. Like, give me three days with nothing on my calendar except a system to create. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the best day ever. <laughs> oh, such a nerd. Um, <laughs> I want to go back for a minute, though, and talk about um, you mentioned like SEO, Google and the events, and then also social media, mm-hmm. and mostly Instagram. What was there anything specific that you were doing on Instagram that you think helped lead to getting some more clients from there? I would say being really consistent. So during mm-hmm. like the the winter and the early spring and all of that, I spend a lot of a lot more time on Instagram. Like during the summer, I'm hardly ever on there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to like check in with people and stuff. But when I have the time and I'm really consistent, I'm really building relationships. So I spend a lot of time on other people's profiles. I react to other people's stories. And I just try to have that engagement and build that relationship. That's one of those things that I learned through like the Instagram coaching and stuff Mm -hmm. was building relationships, not just being a profile, but being a person. Yeah. And 
And it's so easy because you can just heart react somebody's story and it instantly puts you in their DMs or Mm -hmm. you can, you know, make a funny comment about one of their dog's stories. And then and then you're instantly talking because who doesn't want to, you know, have a little back and forth about their dog being silly. Right. Right. I mean, thank goodness we're not accountants, right? Like, damn, hey, yeah, it's tax season. Like, yay, great. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Um, It is true, though, that relationships, whether they're the digital variety on social media, which again, it's social media, so we should Mm -hmm. use it to connect or creating relationships in your local market. I mean, that really truly is the key to a successful, really any business, but especially photography business. Mm -hmm. And you were definitely doing that at the events, doing that on social media, doing that through the connection to the end of life stuff where people see that and you know, realize that you are part of that too, or you offer that again. And it just, I don't know, I think it gives them like, oh, this is important to me. It's important to this person too. And then you have this immediate mutual connection. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, relationships are so important. Oh my gosh. All right. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share for pet photographers out there or like the pet photographer that you were six months ago. Um, you know, the people are there in their business where they're, they're getting it together. They're starting to get out there. They're kind of ebbing and flowing. Yeah. Um, what, what advice do you have for them? I would say, and this might go against the grain a little bit, but don't focus on the money. I think yeah. that was ultimately my dig- my biggest downfall was that I focused so heavily on the money and being able to provide for my family. And if I work really hard, then I'll mm-hmm. be successful even faster and I'll make a lot of money. But really, it took away from everything that I was working towards. Like I mm-hmm. started this business because I wanted not just financial freedom, but general freedom. And when you focus on the money, you lose that sight of having the freedom, freedom. Um, and honestly, yeah. like I didn't work to have that that $20,000 a month. Like it, it just happened. Right. Um, and it was honestly when I stopped focusing on the money so much that it just kind of happened. Cause I ended up having a couple people pay off payment plans early cause they couldn't wait for their photos and a, you know, a bunch of little sales that I didn't even realize how much it was adding up until I looked into Dubsado and it was like, you're almost oh. at 20K. And I was like, Ex- excuse me? <laughs> it works the so same way when you get your credit card bill at the end of the month. You're like, wait, how? How is it $3,000 right? when I didn't spend anything over 27? <laughs> the little things add up. And, uh-huh. and I think that's something that a lot of people could use hearing because I, I'll even see in some photography groups, oh, people are buying my my small album for $1,800 and I'm not happy with that. And I'm like, if somebody spends 1000 with me, I'm mm-hmm. plenty happy. Yeah, yeah. Don't focus on trying to get the big, big numbers and just build relationships with people. Even if they're spending small, if they spend small every year, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Yeah. I have a client that comes to me multiple times a year and she only buys a thing or two, but I get to see her all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. The relationships and focusing on the service and not the money. I I think that's one of the quickest ways to actually kind of repel clients is when we are so focused. And it's a weird energetic, like just non-physical thing where you're just like, you have this, you're approaching your marketing or your emails or all of your things from this energy of like, I need clients, like I need to earn money, I need to do this, I need to do that. And it's like this 
energy of, of lack because you don't have it because you want it so badly. Mm-hmm. Where instead, if you can turn it around and focus on, all right, what do I want to do for my clients? I want them to create beautiful artwork that like feels their heart and soul and they love it. So if you start to approach your marketing from like, I'm just trying to reach the people that will love this mm-hmm. without focusing on the dollars. I think that changes the energy of what we're putting out there so much. And, you know, I think it just, I think it makes a weird, huge difference. And it sounds so like, it shouldn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I should just, just tell me what to do. Like, <laughs> just tell me, give me this marketing strategy and I follow the steps and then boom, I have clients. But I think there's this non-tangible piece of it. And mm-hmm. I think you hit the nail on the head. Exactly Absolutely. what it is. I mean, my business hasn't been more successful until I started just handing out sessions essentially with all the giveaways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think I've had four or five like actual people who reached out and paid their session fee, like normal inquiries Yep. this year. They've all been giveaways. Yeah. 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 And it's the the energy of giving that giveaway and what your intention of it is. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's fantastic. One of the ways I think people can, um, you know, numbers are important for sure. We need to look at our numbers. We need to look at our session averages. We need to look at our cost of goods sold and make sure that we're, <laughs> we're making some money because we are running a business. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, so don't ignore the numbers. But when you set your goal, you know, maybe your goal is I want to photograph 20 dogs this year. Uh, I want to photograph 70 dogs this year, whatever it is, and focus on the actual individual clients, mm-hmm. instead of focusing on the dollar amount. Um, you know, I know I do that for both my photography side and the hair of the dog side of just like, I can tell the difference when I'm focused on, a, oh, we need to make this much money versus, oh, I want to serve this many people. It just mm-hmm. has a, a whole different result. And quite frankly, when you come at it from I want to serve these people, it's a whole lot more fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. My yeah. entire process is service. You do you do the sales at the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And if you've been serving them all through, it's not even sales. It's just you sitting down with them and helping them. It's it's you assisting them on how they're best going to enjoy it. And Absolutely. they love it. Yeah. And that's even what I, I tell my clients at the beginning of their, their ordering appointments is I'll, I straight tell them, I'm not here to sell to you. I, I would love for you to buy all of your images, but my right. goal is for you to get what you love and what you want. Right. Not what yep. I want you to buy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. I love it. Oh, thank you so much, Marie, for sharing your experience. Um, uh, I think this will, uh, hit home for a lot of pet photographers out there listening. Uh, if people want to connect with you, if you guys enjoyed this, reach out to Marie, let her know um, that you are appreciate her sharing her experience. Uh, where can they find you on the um, internet oh, in the interwebs? <laughs> yeah, mostly Instagram, especially as we start heading into the later part of the year yeah. um, or emails. Um, I'm not really on Facebook a whole lot. I have a Facebook um, right, right. out in groups and things a lot, but I'm not really on on Facebook a whole lot. But yeah, if anybody wants to reach out in the DMs, either Facebook or Instagram, or if they want to send me an email, I'm always happy to chat. Awesome. What's your Instagram uh, handle? Uh, it's just Marie Wolfram Photography on all okay, of them. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marie. We'll have those links in the show notes, in the show notes too. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for being here with us and sharing your experience. And uh, yeah, we'll thanks see for you. having me. Of course, of course. We'll see you around the Academy. Bye, everybody. Have a great week. 
Thanks for listening to the Hair of the Dog podcast. This is Wes episode number 160. If you want to check out the show notes for access to any of the resources that we mentioned, simply go to www.hairofthedogacademy.com slash 160. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hair of the Dog podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our upcoming episodes. One last thing, if you are ready to dive into more resources, head over to our website at www.hairofthedogacademy.com. Thanks for being a part of this pet photography community. 